Well, this is, this is, this is week two of Unlocked. This is also the final part of the series. This is also the last message of 2022. And I, and I was asking the Lord, what type of message to give to end this year? Because we have the Christmas party next week, and then we have our life groups at the end of this month. So I'm not preaching again until January. So I was like, okay, Lord, what kind of message do I need to bring to everyone? Um, that's going to kind of, speak to them to end this year. So the Lord actually told me, which is crazy, because I'm thinking, let me make a message that's going to end the year good for you. The Lord told me, you need to make a message that's going to boost them into the new year. And there is this message tonight I want to talk about. Let me recap week one first. Uh, last week, I talked about an unlocked mind. And I uh, last week, I, I mainly talked about how the realities of life can really mess up your imagination. And I talked about last week how our imagination is put in a coma because of all the traumatic experiences in our lives. And so the Lord wanted to unlock our mind once again, even from old mindsets. Even as a young person in this room, some of us have really old mindsets that I believe the Lord wants to uh, wipe through and unlock in your life. And so that's what I talked about last week. And tonight, this is not just... uh I could have done this for our team meeting, but this is not just for our students, but this is for my leaders as well. This is the vision that I desire that the Lord has given me to give to us for 2023. And I want to preach it to you tonight to where you can get a full understanding of what I mean by that. So I want to show you. So I want to start with Psalms 144, verse 5 through 7. If you have your phone, you can look it up. If you have a physical Bible, you can. Whatever you got to do. Psalm 144, Verse 5 through 7, it says, Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they billow smoke. Hurl your lightning bolts and scatter your enemies. Shoot your arrows to and confuse them. Reach down from heaven and rescue me. Rescue me from deep waters, from the power of my enemies. David was in a very intense situation in his life where he he's running from Saul. Saul has has soldiers going after him, trying to kill him and attack him, and none of his friends are around him either. So I think all of us can relate to the fact that when 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 you're in a very tight situation, you're gonna have to get to a point where you're gonna have to call God for help. And this is where David was in his life, where he was literally telling God. So I loved how he started with open the heavens. He didn't start with, Lord, slaughter my my enemy's throats. He did that after. He started with, open the heavens, Lord, and come down. He wanted the heavens to rain upon his situation. He wanted the rain to fall over his enemies, and he wanted heaven to rain over himself. So tonight, for the last message of Unlocked, and also the last message of this year that I want us to kick into next year, title of tonight is An Unlocked Heaven. You're taking notes in unlocked heaven. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for this message that you have given us. And Father, I ask, Lord, that you would speak only how you can speak. Lord, when you speak, things change. When you speak, things come into fruition. Lord, when you speak, things start to change around us. So Father, I ask, Lord, that what this message brings, I pray that you would bring it forth to them, to every student and every leader in this room, to hear your word. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, question. 
How many of you wear glasses? Raise your hand. Secretly, you wear contacts. Who wears contacts? Anybody? Okay. Okay. Wear contacts. So, so I found out, look, this is my theory. This is my theory. It might not be true. I was going to say in this message that I looked it up, but to be honest, I did not look it up. So my theory is, is that, um, is that contacts. Now, I think contacts were personally created for people who do not like wearing glasses whatsoever. That I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, I'm saying the truth. Literally, people wear contacts because it's, it's almost like, like it, if you've had the same sun, the same glasses when you were a kid, you're not going to wear it again because your parents wanted you to look like an old grandma Betsy. So you're not trying to wear any type of glasses because you don't like the ones you have right now. Or, um, or you just feel like the ones in general, even though they have cool ones out there, you just don't want to wear one or they're just very, very expensive. So, um, the funny thing about this one, what this story was, uh, so, so my brother Matthew, he was, he was having a hard time looking through his, his left eye. And, uh, when he would read, it was really, really blurry. And it was to the point where he was getting migraines on the, on the side of his head. And so we were, we used to read a lot of books when we were teenagers. You know, we got more into the, you know, into the, into the gaming stuff and stopped reading books. But we used to read books a lot when I was a teenager. And, uh, I'm going to be very blunt here. I don't know if y'all even know this book. Y'all probably do. And I'm being very transparent. This is, this is the most transparent thing that I have ever said in my entire life. I have read every single Judy Moody book. <laughs> because as a kid, I was like, I was like, this is awesome. But everyone was like, it's for little girls. And I was like, what? Come again? And everybody was saying that all the girls were reading it. But then when I read it, I was like, I didn't know this. I was homeschooled. Nobody told me any of this. That's the perks of not being a homeschooler. You get called out for stuff that you didn't even know. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like sitting there hearing this Mandala effect, right? Thinking like, I can't read Judy Moody books anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. I never even watched the movie. The movie was garbage. But like, but like, <laughs> I read the books. I read the books. And, and for Matthew, he, uh, he, was, he was a little bit cooler than me. Has anybody ever heard of Beast Quest, the books? Okay, so he read the books. They were short. They were easy to read. They had a little bit of graphics in there. My brother loved it. And when he would read, he wasn't able to see a lot through the left eye when he was reading. And I was, and I was like, dude, you gotta go, you gotta go get that checked. Like he was, he was like, no, I'm fine. Like he never told mom anything until two months later where it was extremely painful and he was having a migraine. And so, so he finally got his own glasses and, and it was so funny because like when he would put them on, we just, most of, so my two parents have, have glasses and my older sister has glasses, but n- none of the other siblings really wear glasses. We, we all, we're all okay. We have 2020 vision. And, um, and, but for Matthew, he had to wear almost like reading glasses. That's basically what it was. It was reading glasses. And so, and what's funny is that he don't even wear them anymore. So I was like, cause he, th- when I was still living at my house, he threw it at me and was like, I don't want this anymore. I was like, why would you throw it at me? He's like, just take it. Like he, anything Matthew doesn't want anymore, he just gives to me. Like he just throws it, no matter how trash it is, he just throws it at me and is just like, take it. It's fine. So yeah, that's a sibling story for you guys. Um, so, so the thing, the thing that's cool, I, I want, I want to make an illustration. So Oriana, come here. She's on the spot right now. Okay. Okay. Come on this side. So, cause there's more light. Okay, come see, come see. Give a hand clap for Oriana, everybody. Okay, you ready? Okay, okay, can I take your glasses off? 
I'll do them. Oh, you can't see at all? Like, not at all. I can barely see you. You're so like you're legally blind. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so Oriana's glad. I'm not going to put them on. I'm going to break them with my big head. So she has, oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, Oriana. I'm so sorry. You're okay. You're okay. No, I'm not, I'm not roasting. I promise. So, 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 so if Oriana, where, where, did you get this prescribed to you? Yeah, and I need a new prescription too. Are you kidding me? Yes. Dang. Um, so so she got this prescribed, yes. right? So put it back on. Thank you. How good can you see? I can see okay. You can see clearly now. The a the rain bit. is gone. A little bit. She didn't get that joke. No, it's okay. What? No, it's okay. No, don't worry about it. So so you're seeing. So you see. So you see. How many people can you see? How. I was about to do that. <laughs> Wait, somebody's in the back has a both of them. You can't see that far. Okay, so you do need new prescribes. So, so, so take them off again. Y'all pay attention. I want y'all to catch this. So she can't see, correct? If Oriana, if you went, if you went there, and the doctor prescribed you certain glasses, would you take them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she sounds like me. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. I like to see. Like to see. Um, would you ever take into your own hands to go get your own glasses? Yeah. Like, like to prescribe yourself is what no. I'm trying to say. Okay, you wouldn't prescribe yourself. Like, you don't know how the how the how the lenses work. You I don't. Couldn't trust myself. <laughs> Could trust yourself. So put your glasses back on so you can see. Okay. I'm trying to make an illustration, but I, I don't want to make it sound like a magic trick. But like, I'm, I'm you're not going to be blind. But um, but take them off again. Can you see? No. Put them back on? Can you see? Yes. Take them off one more time? Put them back on? I lied. Take them off again? Put them on your shirt? No, put it on the necklace? Bing. Take them off? <laughs> Take them off? Wow. Okay, put them back on. So you can see. Yeah. So if you take them off, you can't see. Right. Okay, go sit down. Okay, <laughs> she was a she was a pro, man. She had patience. Um, I want y'all to catch this. There's something that I wrote right here that I want you to understand. So, when you get a prescription from your doctor, and you get a prescription of the glasses that you're supposed to wear, that you're supposed to have, y'all listen up. Shh. What you're supposed to have. Sudden, suddenly, everything's a lot more. Clear. Why is that? Because when you're looking through the right lens, you can see a lot more clearly. And that's why I emphasize on the right lens. Oriana got an, a, a, a prescribed from the right doctor with the right lens. Because if she would have done it herself or if she would have had somebody else give her the prescription, then she wouldn't have never been able to really see until she went to the doctor and got her a, prescri a real prescribed, like for her glasses, she can see more properly. I do encourage you to get a new prescription if you're saying that you get a new prescription. There you go. God bless. Okay. God bless. So, so the question is, the question, here's my question. Why in the world have we gotten a lens from others or a lens from ourselves if we have not gotten a lens from heaven? 
Why have we not gotten the lens of how heaven looks like on earth instead of having the lens of opinions and the lens of ourselves and our own preferences? Why have we gotten to that point where we have stopped listening to the voice of God and started listening to the opinions of man and to the, to the opinions of myself of what I think is right and what I think is great? One of the biggest things I think we have a misconception of is God's presence. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about, I want to talk about two things. Your heavenly perspective and God's heavenly presence. I want to talk about both of those things because if you do both of these things, you can unlock heaven in your life. And I think that's what I want you all to understand for 2023. Because here's the question. Some of us just punching the ticket and we're going to heaven and now I'm good. But Jesus said that let heaven be on earth as it is in heaven. He said that in his own prayer as an example for us to understand that that we can have heaven here. Yes, we'll get there. Yes, there will be a greater presence. But why not have it now? Why not have it here? Why not have it in your life right now? And so the problem is, is that, and I've learned this, just like last week, if you don't learn how to unlock your mind to a heavenly perspective, you will live locked outside of heaven's realities in your life. And a lot of times when you stick to a, a, an old mindset and when you stick to a mindset that doesn't work anymore, you will start to not, you will not be able to see heavenly realities in your life. So why would you wait for heaven when you die, when you as a child of God have the ability to experience it now? Why have we gotten to a point where we have stopped experiencing the presence of God and started waiting like i will i will get i will get to experience it when i get there i will experience heaven when i get there i will experience more of the presence of god when i get there that is a dumb stupid excuse to not get into the presence of god now it's a dumb excuse because right now in your life and i believe for 2023 that's what i want it to look like for you i want it to look like for my leaders even in my own personal life I want God's presence to be in my life more in 2023. And I think all of us should desire the same thing, but I want to kind of make it more present to you to help you understand why God's presence is so important, to have an unlocked heaven. There's a quote from Pastor Todd. I was, I was, I was sitting with him in kids' life one time, and it was my first year in ministry. It was, it was in 2020 before COVID hit. And, and I asked him, I said, what's a great ministry leader? What's a great leader? Because I really wanted my leadership to be effective. I wanted my leadership to be good. I was like, what are the pros and cons? You got to be more tough with the leaders. You got to be more, con- you got to face the conflict. You got to do all this stuff. Do I got to like answer phone call? Like, how do I be a great leader? Do I have to be efficient? All this stuff. I'm expecting like a really dynamic answer, Right. But Shad Pastor Todd, Pastor Todd's an amazing man of God. He, all he had to tell me was this, and I'm going to put the quote up on the screen. A great ministry leader spends time in the presence of God. A great ministry leader spends time in the presence of God. He could have said anything. He could have said everything and everything. But he decided to make a simple somewhat what we call shallow answer 
Because it's like, oh, it's not dynamic enough. I can't use that. Well, if it was, too, if it became too dynamic, then you wouldn't use it because it would be too complicated. So I love how Pastor Todd narrowed it down. I think the Holy Spirit spoke through him to me to say, you want to be not just a great ministry leader, but you want to be a great and amazing, I don't want to say it like that, but like you want to be a real Christ follower? You want to be someone who is in tone with the Holy Spirit? You want to be someone who's in what God says and what the voice of God says? Spend more time with Him. Listen, y'all, I think we need to spend more time with God. I think some of us in this room need to spend more time in the presence of God more than we ought to. And to be honest, some of us in this room don't do it at all. And I think I want to challenge you tonight to get into the presence of God in 2023. Not just in 2023, but now. You can do that now. It was in worship. It was in, it was in the worship that we were doing. But the perception of what the presence of God looks like can be distorted by how man has seen it and how they've shown it. So I want to talk about the first thing tonight. I want to talk about unlocked heavenly perspective. Unlocked heavenly perspective. So the first scripture I showed you in Psalms, David's prayer was important to not just, not just, not just put in your own life, but to create an example out of. The way that David was talking about opening heaven and asking the Lord to come down in a situation where he thought he wasn't going to live. In a situation where he thought he wasn't going to make it another day. In a situation where he was going to have to walk through this by himself. So he asked God to open heaven. He asked God to walk with him in this season of his life. His presence. Not just what God can do for me, but what type of presence is God's presence? Well, the Bible talks about how God's presence is the fullness of joy. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also talks about how his, his, presence, his presence melts mountains like wax. It says that his presence brings joy. It brings peace. It brings strength. It brings perspective. It brings perspective. It brings something to your mindset that you might have not known about. But here we also see God open the heavens. I have three different examples. One of them was about David. David wanted God to open heaven in his situation. But this is something about Jesus that I love and I want to share with you. When the heavens had opened and, 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 and it descended on Jesus like a dove. Y'all remember Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, after this baptism, Jesus came out of the water. The heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. Watch this. Settling on him. Remember that. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Then you read later that the devil tempted Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights. For some of us, let's be honest, let's be real here. We would not last that long. I would not last that long. I would turn stones into bread real quick because I would be exhausted. I would be frustrated. I would be aggravated. I would be hungry. Yet I think the reason why Jesus was, be, was able, because this is what I learned. Jesus in Matthew 3.16 was told who he was. This is my son. 
With him I am very well pleased and brings me great joy. He now knew who he was after he got out of the presence of God. You catch that? The baptism, being baptized in the presence of God, it's a principle, it's an example. And he says, after the baptism, the Holy Spirit settled on him. Now he knows who he is, okay? Now he knows who he is. Now he goes into a situation where the devil tells him, if you are the son of God. Did you ever catch that when you read that? If you are the son of God. He was questioning identity, even though Jesus already knew who he was through the baptism. So Jesus took a moment. He got baptized. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God, basically the heavens opened. It came on him like a dove. And it said who he was. He was affirmed of who he was. So when when the devil would say, If you are the son of God, turn this into that. If you are the son of God, drop off this thing. The angels will catch you. The scripture says it itself. If you are the son of God. I believe scripture helped Jesus combat it. But let's be honest. Let me be real with you. Jesus, because he knew who he was before the temptation, he was able to combat the attacks of the enemy. He was able to combat something that we have a hard time fighting on. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit settled upon him like a dove. The Holy Spirit settled upon him like a dove. This means that the Holy Spirit, the presence of God needs to settle on your life. Because if you do not let it settle upon your life, you will be questioned and you will experience horrible insecurity about who you are. And a lot of us already experience this in our own life. We're insecure about our relationships. We're insecure about our own selves. We're insecure about what the situation we're in, if we're really that good enough. And Jesus, the antidote to that is the presence of God. The antidote to my insecurity is the presence of God. The, the, the antidote to what I'm being attacked with is the very thing that God spoke to me when I got in his presence. So that's an example of the presence of God. Jesus was baptized. The Holy Spirit came down like a dove, affirmed him. And when he went to fight the devil and fight against him for 40 days and four nights to be tempted, he was able to combat that. Why? Yes, because of scripture, of course. Scripture combats temptation, but he knew who he was. And I believe when you unlock your mind of how little you feel and you see how God sees you, because here's the other significant thing. In the same way that Jesus is God's son, his sacrifice on your behalf also made you a son and a daughter of God. What does that mean? That means when Jesus died on the cross, when he When he went to the cross for your wrongdoing, for your sin, he took your shame and he gave you his righteousness. That's what that means. When he died on the cross, he took your shame on the cross and he gave you his righteousness. What does that mean? That means when you go up to your father, when you made the mistake that you made last night, He's willing to tell you, I forgive you. Why? Because he doesn't see what you've done. He sees what's in you. And what's in you? Jesus.
What's in you? Christ. What's in you? The Son of the living God. Because He sees the blood of Jesus over your sins and mistakes, you're able to go boldly to the throne of grace to say, Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I've made a mistake. And He is willing to walk into the situation, not because He can just handle it. Of course He can handle it. He's God. But because He sees Jesus on you. Because when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you surrender your life to Christ, you now become a son and a daughter because you have the Son of God living in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And just as much as Jesus was pleased with, as much as God was pleased with Jesus, He's also pleased with you. He's not just pleased with Jesus. Because of Jesus in you, because of Christ in you, He is also pleased with you. Not by what you can do or what you have done, but by Christ Himself, He is pleased with you. And so the presence of God is so important because it reveals certain things about you and it shows you who you truly are as a child of God, as a disciple of Jesus, as a believer. It shows you who you really are. Because God was pleased with Jesus. He opened up heaven and came down like a dove and said, this is my son who I am well pleased with. And he was able to say that to him. If he can say that to Jesus, how can the Christ in you not say that to you? Why can't it say that to you? Because a lot of us are saying something different than what God spoke over us. And you're saying different things that God has spoken over you. You doubt God's affirmation. You know what's funny? We doubt God's affirmation and we seek the affirmation of others. And I want to speak to that because some of us in here seek human approval instead of really reaching toward God's true word over your life. And the problem with that is, is that because God's word is true, but you don't believe that in you, because guess what? Here's the number one root of that. We can't see God. We can see everybody else. I, I can say, I can give you a ton of compliments and you will feel ooey gooey on the inside. But when God speaks, he's not just going to make you feel ooey gooey. There's something that changes in you when he speaks to you. When the affirmation comes upon you, there's something that happens and it changes you. That's the presence of God. I want the realities of heaven to be a reality in my life. And the question is, do you want that? The question is, how about you? Do you genuinely want the presence of God in your life? Because a lot of times... We say we want it. Some of us in here genuinely don't care for it. But I'm telling you right now, if you want to be a child of God, if you want to know your ultimate true identity and who God is in your life, then you got to get in his presence. Stop relying on other people because they'll let you down. Stop relying on your situation because if it gets rocky, you'll get disappointed. But when you trust in Jesus, when you trust in his presence, when you trust in his sovereignty, when you trust in something that's beyond you, you will know who you truly are.
And if you don't understand who you truly are, then you have no purpose. There's no purpose when you don't know who you truly are. The presence of God shows you that. Because if I let the realities of this world conquer my perspective, I lose the heavenly lens from God. If I let the realities of how life hits me destroy my lens, I didn't, heaven's not losing, by the way. I don't know if, I don't think you understand that. Heaven doesn't lose. Revelation talks about how heaven will win in the end. The kingdom of God wins in the end. Heaven isn't losing. Ultimately, we're losing heaven. You lose heaven when you let the realities of life crumble your perspective. It's not about heaven walking away from you. It's about you walking away from heaven. It's about heaven walking, not walking away, but you walking away. We got to stop blaming God for stuff that we have already walked out of. We got to stop blaming God for things that we ultimately did the decision of. And the scary thing is, is that because God's always in control, why is this? Why is that? But what about me? Why haven't I taken the time to know who I truly am instead of trying to find it in others? How did I get to the point where I started to realize who I truly am through God and not other people that I think really like me? Why have I gotten to the point where I have been seeking approval in relationships and thinking that that's going to really fulfill me? Instead, God truly fulfills me. The presence of God truly fills me. I'm tired of looking in relationships. I'm fine with having one. Duh. I'm fine with having one. I love my relationship, but she's not my God. You get the picture? She's not my God. God is. If I have all, if I confided all of my identity in who Sarah was, God would be nowhere in the picture and our relationship would crumble. But when God's the center of my heart and my life and my relationships, then I am going to be able to stick better than most people, not because of how good I am, but because of how amazing God is able to keep something intact like that. We're living in a day and age where relationships are not taken seriously, or there's relationships being put into mistake-driven, and it's not always their fault, but there's going to have to be a point where you let God be the center. Jesus knew who he was. So because he knew who he was, even when the devil tells you, if you really are, that, if you really are this, Jesus didn't feel the pressure to prove it because he already knew it in his heart because he was in the presence of God. So he didn't have to prove that he was the Son of God because he had the proof of God's presence in his life to tell him he was the Son of God. And the question is, is that are you in that same area in your life? We can live on earth and still experience the heavenly realities and perspectives. We just have to ask God for it, y'all. I can't stress it enough. You have to ask God. You can't expect everything to fall on your lap. You can't expect everything to fall into your, into your domain. You got to ask God for it. If you're a child of God, 
It's like asking your father for something. It's like asking a parent for something. But some of us have a bad perception of that because not all of us had the same experience of parents than we all do. But God is a good father who is able to give good gifts. Jesus even said, Jesus said, even so if you wicked people, that's how he, that's how he labeled it. If you wicked people give amazing gifts, how much more can your father in heaven gift you the Holy Spirit? God is good at giving gifts. God is good at giving you something. You have to ask him for it. Stop waiting for him to do something and take the responsibility and ask him. Because the, the spiritual culture will tell you that God, God's going to come to me. God's going to rain down on me. No, I have to go like, hey, bro, can you like, can you like get your presence over here for a quick second? God is willing. God is waiting for your permission in your life. Because guess what? Why? Why is God not forceful like that? Because there is free will. There is a free will to ask God, I'll take your presence. God wants to open the doors of heaven in your life. He wants to. God doesn't want to keep that gift from you. That's not a good God. He doesn't want to keep it from you. But like I said, a lot of times our perception and perspective is actually hindering us from a heavenly perspective. And that's why, that's why if you have an unlocked mind, you'll be able to have an unlocked heaven in your life because Listen, our locked mind stops us from having an unlocked heaven. Your mindset about certain things need to die for the heaven to be unlocked. You got to stop thinking a certain way and thinking this is the right way to go and this is the wrong way to go. Some things are not black and white anymore. Sometimes you got to jump into the gray area of your life and let God speak to that and get into the presence with that. You got to get into those areas. Bless you, bub. I didn't even hear that. Get into God's presence because it is the gray area of your black and white. When you're at a decision that you can't know, go to the gray area. That's the presence of God. When you have to make a, a big decision in your life that you don't know where to turn, yes or no, there or that, you get into the area which is the presence, which is going to help you to make the decisions in your life. You got to know who you are. You got to see things through a heavenly lens. This, the last thing that I want to talk about is an unlocked heavenly presence. Unlocked heavenly presence. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. For everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So this is right after Jesus had just ascended into heaven. And once he ascended into heaven, heaven was still open in the lives of the disciples. Just like God opened the heavens to the disciples in the early church, he wants to open the heavens in your life so you can experience heavenly realities. Now, I'm not just making it weird of like, I'm going to have y'all all up here and we're just going to pray tongues over you and you're just going to fall in the spirit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about 
having the Holy Spirit in you to be bold to preach the gospel. There's something, there's a, there's an epidemic and it's been happening for a very, very long time. We have an epidemic where a lot of us are scared, not just scared, more like horrified to tell someone about what God has done in your life. There's everyone in here who goes to public school, raise your hand. Who goes to college? There you go. We got one college guy. You have an area. Who works? Where do you work? You work? Anybody work? <laughs> I work part-time. I work part-time. I make so-so an hour. Listen, listen. I want y'all to catch this. You... No matter where you're at, because I thought this too, because I was a homeschooled little punk, I thought I would never be able to preach the gospel to anybody. And I was also very afraid because I didn't have the best social skills as a kid. I still don't. But, but, but I've learned in my life that, that the Holy Spirit, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit gave the disciples the power to do it. He gave them the boldness to do it because everybody wants to be like, Oh, I want, I want, I want the baptism. I want the, 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 the tongues of fire. I want all that. And that's great. That's an evident. But if you read later in the next chapter, Peter is preaching to the government. I forgot where it was. He was preaching to the government, the gospel. And he was explaining to them what Jesus did on the cross and what he did in his life. Not because he was being weird, but because he was being bold. Because he was being more bold with his speaking. Not, and look, Peter was a bold person. If you read, if you read the Bible and, and you read about Peter and his personality, he was a bold human being. He didn't hold nothing back. He had no filter. He said, he said things that everyone thought. He was, he was that kid in class that was like, shut up, sit down. We don't need to hear you no more. That's Peter. Peter was that guy. But Peter was bold in the wrong areas when he was with Jesus. But once the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, Peter had a different boldness than he did from before. He was bold enough to cut a man's ear off. He was bold enough to, to, to tell God, you can't go to the cross. He was that bold enough, right? He was that bold enough to tell Jesus, hey, you, got, you can't go to the cross. He was this bold. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, it changed. When the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, it changed. And his boldness to preach the gospel. Listen, y'all. I need y'all to understand this. You have no idea how important what's in you is. What's in you is more important than what's going on around you. What do I mean by that? You have the gospel in you. Not just in the word, not just in how you act, but in what's in you. What's in you is so important. What is that? What God has done in your life. Y'all go to school. You got work. You've got, you go somewhere where you, you know someone is broken. One of our staff members shared something the other day for our chapel, and she was saying how there was this guy that would cross her street all the time, and she was a little nervous, you know, because you got a bunch of creeps out there, so you got to be careful, right? And she was trying to be careful, and she 
something came over her when she saw him and he and he had a little backpack and everything. It looked like he was doing a lot of drugs and she saw him and and she started crying in front of the whole staff and she and uh, and she was like she was like he needs something. Like something in her burned that he needed something. She didn't know what, but he needed something. And she figured it out that she because she didn't have a lot. She didn't have a lot at that time, but she had something in her. She had something in her to tell him what God, because when you're at a low moment in your life, you have nothing else. When you're in a low moment in your life, you have nothing to cling to. When you are a low moment at your life, you are completely hopeless. A lot of us relate to that automatically when I say that. No matter if it's a, if it's a small one or if it's to a drug addict point, it doesn't matter. Everyone in here has been at a low moment in your life. You have been at a small moment that has crushed you. The question is, what have you done in that low moment? What have you done in that low moment that brought you back up to the top? If no one in here can say Christ, you need the Holy Spirit. If no one can say that God has brought me out of a pit, you got to check yourself. Because if you have used other things to make you happy, if you used other stuff to make you glad, you got to question yourself. Trust me, I used a lot of stuff in my life to get out of dark places. A lot of us have done that. But you're going to have to get to a point where you stop using everything else that you're going to have to run back to, buy, look at again, buy, look at again, go to again, turn on again. All that stuff is going to break. All of that stuff is going to be lost in time. But the word of the Lord, the presence of God lasts forever. So my question and my challenge to you tonight is, do you actually have a moment where you were low and God brought you back up? Is there a moment where you were at your lowest and Christ came to set you free? Let me challenge you tonight because I struggled with that my whole life. There's grace. I get it. There's mercy. I get it. But maybe we're scared of our own testimony. We're scared of our own life story to tell others. But if no matter what type of moment it was, if God got you out of it, you need to speak it. If God got you out of a situation, you need to speak it. If you, if you had a low moment in your life where God was able to do something with it and actually you got saved because you gave your life to Christ, you got to talk about it. Some of y'all go to Acadiana. Some of y'all go other places, Como, all that stuff. You go to your schools. You go to work. You have all of these areas in your life. But I need to tell you something right now. You have every single moment. God is always opening an opportunity for you to tell someone about who he is and why you are the way you are and the way you need to be like Jesus where you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, not in the way that we perceive it, but in the way that you get filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can go and fight the devil for 40 days. You got to get to a point 
where you get to have this presence with you. This presence with you that walks you through it. This presence that's going to, because it's intimidating. It's intimidating to preach the gospel. Why? Because of everything else in the world that's going on right now, it's very intimidating. But there's somebody broken that you do know that is suffering, that they would, listen, the people who are suffering the, 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 the most are willing to hear Christ. People who are having a good life, good money, good stuff, they're not going to want to hear the gospel because they're not at a low moment. They're not in a low place. They're not in a situation where they are reaching for stuff and they can't reach anything. Someone you know that is dying on the inside, they are going to receive Christ the most. Out of anything else, they're going to reach it more. You have to understand, I want to end with this. Ask God to exchange your earthly reality for a heavenly one. You got to learn to let God unlock heaven in your life. And I believe that that can be you this year. That can be you this year. Instead of letting other stuff distract you, because look, you're young. Listen, we're growing in our brains, okay? We're growing in our brain span. I was like that. But there's going to have to be a point in your life where you stop trying to just go through life and to have purpose and to let the presence of God be evident in your life. I'm telling you, someone, every time I have experienced, look, I have not experienced God through someone, through someone who was toxic. You You will never experience that. I've never experienced God through someone who pointed fingers. I've never experienced that. I've never experienced God through someone who would be one way and acted another just to show for good looks because the scripture verse on their Instagram looked cute. That's, I've never experienced that. But what I have experienced, and I think you can too, is someone who is really driven. It's not just it's not just what they say. It's not how good they can quote scripture. It's not that. It's the presence of God over their life. It's the presence of God over themselves. And the stuff that they would speak and the stuff that they would say and the stuff that they were humbly able to tell, that is the presence of God. So you can do the same thing. But the question is, are you wanting that? If you don't want that, give up. If you, want, if you don't want that, don't come to church. If you don't want that, don't be a Christian no more. But if you want that, if you really ask for that, then God's going to give it to you. God's going to give it to you when you want it. When you want it, you can't take, you can't just expect to be blessed and be a consumer Christian and just come to church. That's not how it works. Oh, I'm going to heaven because I came to church early. No, I came to church because God blessed me with that nice parking spot. I got a good spot in the front row. No, that's not, that's not blessings of God. That's not what a Christian looks like. A Christian, a believer, that I want you, that I think, not just what I want you to look like, trust me. I got my own self to look like. 
I got my own struggles and I got my own issues that I got to work on. What God wants you to look like is his presence. What God wants you to look like is what he spoke over you. God wants you to look like what he, just like he spoke over Jesus, this is my son who I am well pleased with and I have great joy with. He wants to do the same thing for you. So when you go to beat the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, you won't have to take on the insecurity. You won't have to take on the rejection. You won't be scared to tell somebody about Jesus because you know who you are. The challenge is strong. Because I feel like a lot of us have failed in the fact that we come to church and we do something different outside of the church. But I think there's going to have to be a point where you stop making the excuses. Listen, pay attention. You stop making excuses and start letting God use you in your life. You have that opportunity. I, Yo, I was to the point, look, I've been in church all my life. I was to the point where I was done with being, with consuming stuff. I, I knew how the service went. I knew how long worship was. Okay, five songs, a couple minutes. Okay, the, the message is usually like 30 minutes long, and then the altar calls about 10 minutes. I knew that. I knew how it worked. But I wanted to get beyond that. I wanted to get beyond that, that religious mindset. I wanted to get past that. So the way I got past that was God's presence. The way I got past that was God's sovereignty, that I surrendered my life. The question is, can you say the same? Woo! Can you say the same about your own life? Because this is not trying, you're not trying to prove anything to anyone. You're trying not to please anyone. You are here to ultimately please the Father. I don't know about you, but I want to please the Father. I want to please God in the way that I can. But it, what's cool is that you can please the Father, yet when you fall, the Father forgives you. Because God doesn't see where you're at. God sees what you're going to become. And I think we need to look at it better that way. Where God, want, God already sees where you're at at the end of the tunnel. So that's why he gives you grace. Because he sees what you're going to become in the kingdom of God. Tonight, you need to ask God to open heaven in your life. You need to let God unlock heaven in your own self. This is why, this is why we have a hard time. This is why we have so much dysfunction over our life because we haven't taken the time to get into the presence of God. But I encourage you tonight as we close, you need to get in the presence of God this week. We're about to do prayer and fasting. That's perfect. That's actually the icing on the cake about what I'm just talking about. You need to start to get into the presence of God and make the time. Make the time for it. You do a thousand things a day, I get it. But there's but the excuses stop when you decide. The excuses get out of your head because guess what? Those are killers of faith. Excuses are the killers of your faith. And you got to shut them down to where you can spend time with God this week. God wants you to open heaven. Ask him to open heaven in 2023. Ask God to do that right now in your life. 
And when you do it, I will guarantee, I can, I, I dare you. I can guarantee you from my own experience, I dare you to get into it and not have fullness of joy. Get into it and not experience peace. I want you to get into it to understand that what he promises in his presence is true. And there's proof. You look at other people that are believers. You look at other people, not just me, everyone else. There's a presence of God. There's a fruits of the spirit that is upon them. It's not just, it's not just all the other stuff that we look good in, that we, that it's so pretty and we can put it in, in our houses and make it look cute. It's not about that. This is about your authenticity towards the presence of God. This is your authenticity towards God himself. And you got to own up to that and you got to ask God for that. Cause I can't get you to do that. I can challenge you all the heck I want, but I can't get you to do that. You're your own person, but he's your God. And if you would let God do that in you, heaven will open. And just like David, it will come down upon you to give you the fullness that he promises. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Tonight, it's time to ask him. In the same way King David said, in the same way King David asked, in the same way Jesus experienced, and in the same way he showed up for the disciples, God is destined to do the same thing in your life. Ask God to move in power in your life and show you how to live in a heavenly reality right now on earth. God wants to put his power on display in your life. Simply surrender your life to the one who opens the most impossible doors. The presence of God, y'all, here's the crazy truth about it. It is always available. You have access to it right now. Right now, you have access to that and you're not using it? You have access to all this stuff that God wants to bless you with and you're not taking it? There are things that God is calling you to and that he wants to put in your life that's gonna create, gonna make you one of the most mighty men and women of God on this earth and you're not walking towards it? Everyone in here has some type of calling on their life. I don't care how you think you is. I don't care how many other people think you is. I know what God says about you. This is my son. This is my daughter. With them, I am well pleased. I am well pleased. So tonight, I want you to ask God right now, Lord, open heaven on my life. Open heaven over my situation. Open heaven over my relationships. Open heaven over me. Say, Lord, I want to open heaven. Lord, I want to, I want your presence to be evident in my life to where your presence gives me the boldness to be loving, 
to be kind, to tell others about you. I want you to give me that tonight. Ask him that. If you really want it, you have to ask him for it. You're not begging. You're passionate about it. I want God to put a passion in you. Because some of you have never had the passion before or you did and you lost it. God wants to give you the passion. No one else can do it for you. Your mom and dad can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. But God's going to do it for you when you ask him. So, Father, I pray. Father, I ask. Father, I plead for everyone in this room, from a student to a leader, from a, from a, a boy to a girl, Lord, from everyone in this room that is actually hungry for your presence, Lord, I pray that they would take it. Father, you said in your word that the pure, that a pure heart will see God. So Lord, I pray that they are honest and pure about their hunger for your presence this year, next year. Father, I ask, Lord, in 2023, that they would make your presence a priority. That, uh, that like, like you got Pastor Todd to say to me, that a great ministry leader spends time with God, spends time in his presence, spends time in his word, spends time in his, in praying to him, talking to him. Lord, help us to keep the essentials re uh, relevant. Keep them relevant in our lives so that we don't have to look a certain way to where we don't have to act a certain way to where it comes organically, Lord. Lord, when we try to act like a Christian, it's not organic. But Lord, when we're in your presence, it's an organic reaction, Lord, to what we're doing. So Father, we ask, Lord, to give us a pure heart, for we shall see you if we're pure. For we shall see you if we're honest. For we shall see you when we're hungry for your presence. Lord, give us a passion for that this year. Give us a passion for that in 2023. Give us a passion for your presence. Help us to have a heavenly perspective next year. That, that you are all we see in all things. That you are all we see in every moment of our life. Your presence is evident. Father, I pray that 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 we would so let you soften our hearts because, Lord, you cannot enter a hard heart. God cannot enter your hard heart. Ask him to soften your heart because maybe you're resentful towards God. Maybe you're resentful towards how he does things. Maybe you're resentful towards his presence because you've never, quote-unquote, experienced it. I want you to let God soften your heart. What does that mean? Humble yourself. What does that mean? Except humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. A soft heart is a humble heart. A soft heart is an open heart. A soft heart is what God is looking for. So Father, I ask, Lord, if there's someone in this room who wants to experience your presence on a deep level, Lord, I declare, give it to them. They receive it, Lord. I pray that they not they don't, they haven't earned it, Lord, they haven't deserved it, but Lord, you are looking for someone who is willing to have access to your presence. I pray that it's that person in this room. 
and to all, Lord, who are having a hard time or to some that don't care no more about it, I pray that you would soften their hearts towards you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this. And we pray that, Lord, an open heaven would be over us in 2023 and that you would bless us through all this and show us where to go and guide us and give us your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.